Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is World Soccer Talk Radio here with you on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Nate Abarea. Thank you so much for making this show a part of your daily plans on one of our many affiliates across this great country through the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Special hello to the men and women listening to the show overseas via the American Forces Network. And thanks to you for subscribing to us and taking us with you wherever you may go. Taking us to the gym, taking us to the beach, doing it up on your smartphone, doing it up in your laptop, your iPad, whatever it may be. Podcast form is where it's at as well. iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and check out the show through worldsoccertalk.com that website that started it all Gary Bailey of BN Sports is going to be with us in this edition of the show it's a real special episode for me because I grew up infatuated with goalkeeping I always wanted to be a goalkeeper when I was younger and then I I picked up on the glory of, of scoring a goal and there was just nothing that could ever match it but my passion for goalkeeping from a, a student's perspective, ha, has never waned. I am fascinated by the, the art of goalkeeping, the evolution of the goalkeeping position and, and conversations that I hear between goalies young and old. And Gary Bailey, you know his work from BN Sports, and some of you true Manchester United fans will know him from his time at Old Trafford and all the great cup final memories Played in 294 matches for the Red Devils of Manchester United, did Gary Bailey. And back during Copa America, there were so many great conversations that he was having with Tony Miola alongside him, the great American goalkeeper from the 90s and early 2000s, someone who you've heard right here on World Soccer Talk Radio. And I was just riveted to those conversations, hearing Gary Bailey and Tony Miola have lightweight arguments and everything from friendly conversations to to passionate disagreements and passionate agreements about the art of goalkeeping and analyzing goalkeepers here in 2015. Cannot wait to talk about the goalkeepers union, the evolution of the position, and of course, as always on the show, we'll get a little nostalgic and we'll take a nice trip down memory lane. We'll head to South Africa. We'll head to Old Trafford. We'll talk about his time with the English national team. 
All that and a whole lot more right here on World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. You don't go anywhere. See the world's best matches live wherever you are with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app, get the games, and get your fix. Live soccer and more. Anytime, anywhere. Sign up to watch the Bundesliga and Champions League at SoccerOnDish.com. Do you have an old car sitting in your driveway? How would you like to learn a hassle-free way to get rid of it, help kids in need, and get a great tax donation in the process? It's real easy. One simple free call to our car donation hotline is all it takes. Call the Nishama Foundation at 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. We'll come pick your car up for free and give you a tax donation for the full value of the car, running or not. The value of your unwanted car will go to help kids in need. It's fast and easy. Just call us and your car will be gone and on its way to helping children in 48 hours. And you get a nice tax deduction. Call the Nishama Foundation now to get rid of your car, help kids, and get a tax write-off. Call 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. That's 800-760-4895. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Cheers. What's the best way to bring people together? T-shirts. T-shirts. Custom T-shirts that you design online with Custom Ink. Custom Ink has created over 50 million shirts for families, teams, reunions, church groups, cheerleaders, companies big and small. On-time delivery is guaranteed, and we'll even ship your order absolutely free. Start designing your Custom Ink t-shirts today and see why 99% of our customers say they would order from us again. Visit CustomInc.com. And now, more of World Soccer Talk Radio, right here on Sports Byline and SportsByline.com. Welcome back into World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abarea, and it is a great pleasure and privilege to welcome in Gary Bailey. You know him from BN Sports and all of you Manchester United fans, you true Manchester United fans will know this man from his 294 appearances in goal for the Red Devils. Gary Bailey, thank you so much for joining us, sir. 
Nate, lovely to be with you. And those who remember me must be well in excess of 40 years of age because I played a long time ago. <laughs> or they are very fond of YouTube and, and fond of history and nostalgia, like yeah. many listeners of this show. <laughs> and so I, I, I joked about this with you uh, a few minutes ago. I really want to dedicate this show to, to the art of goalkeeping. And it's one of the things I really enjoy about your work uh, with BN and some of the conversations that I see you have uh, with, with your coworkers and with your fellow pundits and, and analyzers of the game of football, of the game of soccer. You really get in depth in terms of the evolution of the goalkeeping position. We'll talk all about that a little bit later, but I figured what better place to start than to ask you, in your opinion, who is the best goalkeeper or maybe best goalkeepers we'll we'll throw a few out there best goalkeepers in the world today for your money and it's it's a good question because it's hard to be exact i would certainly put courtois uh at chelsea as a player as a keeper that i would choose if i had to choose one keeper for my team i'd pick him because he has that extra bit of height that you need in the english premier league you will come under aerial challenge a lot more than you would in La Liga or Bundesliga. Of course, Manuel Neuer, everyone assumes he is the best, so he'll be up there in the conversation. Um, although I wouldn't pick Buffon right now, I still think he's one of the legendary goalkeepers because he's played for so long at such a high level. I mean, to put 20 years of goalkeeping, and you know, as a keeper, you're constantly breaking fingers and noses and you know, you're pulling muscles and, and all the rest of it. To keep going for 20 years makes Buffon, in, in, my, in my eyes, a legend. So, um, I've given you three goalkeepers. The one I would pick first would be Courtois. The one most people pick first is Neuer. And the one that sentimentally is the best is Buffon. So you gave me three keepers there, and the name David De Gea was, was not in those three. <laughs> uh, he's just outside those three. Uh, I think David's a great goalkeeper, really, really good. He's come on a ton the last few years. When I first saw him move to Man United, he was getting hammered in the air. He'd go up for crosses and get knocked off the ball and concede bad goals. And, and there was a big question mark about him. Now he's, he's matured. He's still young, but he's matured. Um, he's calm. He's got fantastic reflexes. I would say he's just out of that top three. If you were to say top six or seven goalkeepers, he'd be in that group. And to be fair, if you're one of the top six or seven in the world, then you are one hell of a goalkeeper. Well, we're getting very analytical uh, in in this episode of the show and and the art and the the just the job of of goalkeeping. It's such a unique one. And, and I look at Thibaut Courtois as a really interesting example and I love that you picked him kind of as your if you were starting a team, if you had to go out and win a game uh in in England whether it's in the rain or in the sunshine, Courtois is your man. Courtois is a guy that in the last year has had rumblings of of losing his starting spot. And talk about that a little bit, the science of goalkeeping, that even the guy who you have pegged as, for your money, the best in the world, if he goes through a rough patch, people are calling for his head and saying that it's time for the backup to come in. Talk about what, what that means in terms of the art and the job of goalkeeping. Yeah, look, probably the most important part of a goalkeeper is your psychological strength. I mean, assume that you're, you're big enough, you're six foot plus, uh, you're agile and you've got good hands. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a goalkeeper in the first place. You've got to have those basic qualities. But what starts to separate the really good from the average is your ability to handle the pressure. And the reason I say that is, as an outfield player, especially as a striker, uh, you know, you can have a bad game and you toe-poke one in in the last minute and everyone thinks you're a hero. Midfielders, they just run around and pass the ball. I always joke with them, but I mean, they've got the easiest <laughs> job in the world. They don't have to score. 
They don't have to stop being scored against. Uh, they're the ones that join the celebration when somebody scored as if they had a part to play in it. And when the goal is conceded, they stand in the middle with their hands on their hips looking at you as if what happened. So for me, that's psychologically the easiest position to play. Defenders have it tough in that they have to be mentally strong, physically strong, and, and occasionally they make mistakes for goals. But the one player who's constantly under pressure, and massive pressure, is the goalkeeper. And um, in my 10 years at Man United, I find that the hardest thing to deal with because you could play really well for 89 minutes. Um, and a ball comes at you, skids off, off, off the grass, picks up a bit of a divot. Uh, you can't catch it, so you parry it. But you parry it really well. You give it lots of force. It happens to go straight to their only striker who volleys it straight back in the goal. You lose 1-0. And every single person will look at you and go, what the hell? Catch it. And you're like, you can't catch that thing. It bounced up off the turf awkward. And they say that you've lost us the game. You feel like, hang on a second. The previous 89 minutes, I made four saves, caught five cross balls, organized my defense, et cetera, et cetera. And no one's in the least bit interested. And that's the hard part of goalkeeping is you've got to take constant criticism, constant knocks, constant question marks. Um, and if, um, if you're a goalkeeper who's in a team that's struggling, then the first place they look is they, they look at you. They say, hey, you know, must be the goalkeeper. Um, and everyone turns around at you at the first opportunity. So for me, that's what separates the goalkeeper from the rest of the team. He has mentally got to be either a lot stronger or a lot of, as a lot of players will tell you, a lot stupider. I'm not quite sure which of the two it is, but it's one or the other. A, a perfect mixture of the two, I'm sure. Now, Gary, you, uh, you, you played back in the 70s and 80s, and you're watching stuff here in 2015 and specifically staying with the, the art of goalkeeping. How much have you seen the position change uh, in, in that time from your playing days to what you're watching now? Uh, it's changed a lot, Nate, in many, many ways. The first one is the physical contact. Back in the 70s and 80s, uh, to go and hit the goalkeeper was allowed. So every game I played, uh, they would knock the ball up in the first 10 minutes, either from a free kick or corner or just from outfield play. And the big center forward who had his nose broken 15 times and no front teeth would just come flying into your elbows <laughs> up, smash you completely, um, and just smile at you with this toothless smile and get up. And he didn't even get booked for that. That was considered a fair challenge, shoulder to shoulder. He had no intention of going for the ball. And you've got to take that and get up and smile. And the next cross that comes, you've got to come again. Uh, and then if he hits you a second time, the ref might have a word with him. Um, but they would test you out to see if you were strong. Now, that might sound fine on the odd occasion. But when it's game after game and you're playing in England in February and it's minus five and you're in a pair of little shorts and uh, the pitch is, is muddy and, you know, there's one or two games where you get hit a few times and you go, seriously? Do I want to be doing this every day or every week of my life when I could be lying on the beach in Miami somewhere? Um, it, that's when it gets psychologically very tough. But now you're lying on the beach in Miami and enjoying yourself, right? Oh, absolutely. Now, now I can reap the benefits of all those years of getting <laughs> smashed to the ground. There's also one other big difference, Nate, from what happened then. Besides the physical contact, is you, in those days you could pick the ball up and throw it out. Now you use your feet a lot more. So goalkeepers have become sort of um, pseudo-outfield players. They try and, and do what the outfield players do. But we've seen in the last literally six weeks, we had this debate on, 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 the, on the locker room on being, which is on a, a Monday and Friday night, and we had this sort of vociferous debate. And Ray Hudson said to me a few weeks ago, goalkeepers have, have got to play the ball out from the back, and, da, da, da. and I said, no, no, no. If there's, if, there's no, if there's no pressure on you, absolutely. But the moment there's pressure, get rid of the ball. And literally in the last six weeks, we've had about eight or nine situations where goalkeepers have 
tried to be too clever and the centre forward nipped in, taken it off their toes and trickled it over the line to make the keeper look stupid. The bottom line with keepers is you're there to stop goals, not create them. So being clever at the back with your feet and having a nice ball played out to your fullback doesn't really help create goals. Uh, but every once in a while you get caught with the ball in your possession. So we never had that problem in the, in the 80s because we weren't allowed to sort of play with our feet that much. We just picked the ball up and booted it down the pitch. And a great uh, great youth coach that I knew back in the day. Uh, he was actually born and raised in Newcastle, so he's a true northern Englishman. And I love you. He had a great rhyme that he would give uh, to his young goalkeepers, and he'd yell at them in this just deep, deep, nasty voice and he just yell when in doubt get it out and that has always stayed to me to this day when in doubt get it out and it kills me when i see these keepers thinking that they're they're center forwards back in in their own box and and paying the price for it gary bailey with us talking about the art of goalkeeping the evolution of the goalkeeper position here on world soccer talk radio we'll talk a little bit more about the evolution of the position as well as that thing we know as the goalkeepers union on the other side of this break. It's World Soccer Talk Radio. All you Manchester United fans enjoying this one, I'm sure. We're back after this. See the world's best matches. Live, wherever you are, with Fox Soccer to go. Watch select live matches on your smartphone, on your tablet, and on your computer. Get the app the games and get your fix live soccer and more anytime anywhere sign up to watch the bundesliga and champions league at soccerondish.com do you have an old car sitting in your driveway how would you like to learn a hassle-free way to get rid of it help kids in need and get a great tax donation in the process it's real easy. One simple free call to our car donation hotline is all it takes. Call the Nishama Foundation at 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. We'll come pick your car up for free and give you a tax donation for the full value of the car, running or not. The value of your unwanted car will go to help kids in need. It's fast and easy. Just call us and your car will be gone and on its way to helping children in 48 hours. And you get a nice tax deduction. Call the Nishama Foundation now to get rid of your car, help kids, and get a tax write-off. Call 800-760-4895. 800-760-4895. That's 800-760-4895. If you're a soccer fan and you want to cut the cord and watch more of the beautiful game, NGSN may be the online streaming service you're looking for, freesoccertrial.com. With NGSN, you get live, legal, and on-demand access to matches from the Eredivisie, J-League from Japan, K-League from Korea, Argentina's Primera Division, Portugal, Ecuador, Russian Premier League, as well as leagues from Bolivia, Venezuela, and more. The games are in HD, and commentaries are available in your choice of English or Spanish. And this is a completely new and legal way to watch soccer games in the U.S. Try it, and I think you'll be impressed. All you have to do is go to freesoccertrial.com and sign up today for your free 30-day trial to NGSN. Again, that's freesoccertrial.com. Freesoccertrial.com. Dot com. Cheers. Howdy folks, Colonel Sanders here. 
Time to shake off that boring old weekend and get back to the excitement of labor. You're going to need a good lunch, though. So stop into a KFC for a $5 fill-up with two pieces of original recipe chicken, mashed potatoes and gravy, a biscuit, a cookie, and a medium drink. Okay, then. I'll let you get back to work now. KFC. It's finger-licking good. Drum thigh side cookie medium drink. Pricing and participation may vary. Tax extra. Welcome, welcome, welcome back in to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. iTunes, tune in, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the American Forces Network. Special hello to our men and women listening overseas. Check out the website, worldsoccertalk.com, and get involved in the Twitter sphere at World Soccer Talk, at Sports Byline USA, and send the love mail and the hate mail that you are far too good at sending at Nate WST to get a hold of yours truly, Nate Abarea. And we are here with Gary Bailey, man that you know from BN Sports, and his time as a goalkeeper for that club known as Manchester United. Now, in your work with BN Sports, one of the coolest things that, that I can think back to is this summer. Uh, the, the crew that you guys assembled for Copa America was just badass. I mean, it was was a very well-rounded, eclectic, all-star crew that you guys brought in uh, for your fantastic coverage of Copa America. One of my favorite conversations, and and it turned into a a friendly argument, it was after there there were a couple of different keepers uh, that were being called out. uh, Actually, Andy Gray uh, and a few others were calling them out for for coming out with their feet uh, and being very heavy uh, coming out feet first and saying that kind of Manuel Neuer has popularized this and David De Gea coming out with their feet and keepers are getting a little carried away with it. And then there were a few other intricacies that you guys broke down. And it was you and Tony Miola uh, for the majority of this conversation that I remember oh so well. And I remember smiling, thinking, my God, you got a great goalie from the 70s and 80s talking with another great goalie from the 90s and early 2000s, and you guys are breaking down goalkeepers here in 2015. And you see the, the, the breakdown of the evolution of the position. What was it like studying present-day goalkeepers with Tony Miola uh, during the tournament? Oh, it was great working with Tony. He's, he's, he's a fantastic guy, and he, he did so well for the States in terms of the matches he played for the national team. So it was good fun. And you know what the problem is? And you, you mentioned this goalkeepers union. The reason why goalkeepers get their backup is we're such a, a separate position. I don't know if it's the same in ice hockey with the goldminder or in American football with the quarterback or whatever, but you know, we just, we're a separate breed and we're the only ones we pick it up with our hands. Everybody else kicks it with their feet. So we we sort of train separately. We, we, we sort of socialize separately. We do everything separately and we take great exception when outfield players point the finger too quickly because they, they tend to do that. And that they, they obviously do it to stir up a discussion and Andy Gray He's, he's magic. I mean, he's, he's played at the highest level in, in England, and I've, I've actually played against him a number of times. And, and so he would sit in, the, in our studios in Copa America going, ah, look at the goalkeeper. He's rubbish, and he's done this, and he's let the team down. And Tony and I would be like a dog after me. We'd go, what? No, you can't say that. And we'd be having this back and, and fro. And it, it's good for soccer fans to, to see that because it's very easy on a pitch to turn around at a U10 match, and the goalkeeper lets one in, and everyone goes, ah, keeper, you let us down without knowing just the intricacies of goalkeeping, the difficulties, and, and how it destroys um, a goalkeeper's sort of self-confidence when you're forever picking on them. Um, 
And so we'd always defend the well, we'd almost always defend the keepers. If they really made a bad error, we'd be we'd also be in there kicking them when they're down. But generally speaking, we'd explain that it might be the way the ball moves. I mean, if you ever look behind the shots of some of these players, the ball starts off left, then it comes back right, then it comes back, and everyone says, "Oh, keeper should have caught it." But it's moved so much in that space of time that the keeper's just happy to get rid of it, just get a, a hand in it and punch it away. And so we're trying to explain that, you know, it's not quite as easy as it looks and you've got to give the goalkeeper some love occasionally. And when he's made a mistake, that's not the time to be all standing there pointing at him. It's the time to walk up and give him a pat on the back and say, come on, don't worry, you know, we'll make up for it. Um, very rarely do goalkeepers get praised. They make a good save. Everyone says, yeah, good, and they get on with the game. The striker scores a goal. They've got five minutes of celebrations in the corner, hugging each other, kissing each other, waving to the crowd. Afterwards, everyone loves them. But the, the goalkeeper's save can be often as important as the striker's goal, and yet they get so little uh, positive vibes back. So both Tony and myself, we were right there with the goalkeepers' union supporting all the goalkeepers. I want to ask you about one of the intricacies of modern goalkeeping. And we talk all about the evolution of the position. Again, that conversation that I was referencing back during Copa America was about uh, keepers, the, the trend of keepers coming out feet first and what that means in terms of the evolution of, of the position. I want to ask you about a real interesting intricacy for me, at least. And I've talked about this with a number of, of professional goalkeepers who are, are current uh, professional goalkeepers. And that is the soccer balls. The actual ball mm. itself. And remember back in, in South Africa, in, in the country where, where you grew up, the, the big controversy in 2010, uh, in, the, uh, in the 2010 World Cup, the Jabalani ball. And there have been another uh, few yeah. examples, a few you know, quite extreme examples of these soccer balls that move in outrageous ways and the knuckling of the shots. And it doesn't even have to be Cristiano Ronaldo taking the free kick. What do you think about that? How would you uh, have, have adapted uh, to, to the new age technology of, of the, the soccer ball itself and, and the way these things move? And when you're seeing it down in Copa America or during the World Cup, are you thinking, man, I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that stuff when I was playing? <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, you just get used to it. In training, you use the same ball. You see it move. You, and that's why goalkeepers catch the ball a lot less. You'll see now. When the ball gets shot at them, they'll, they'll punch it away. They'll push it away because they, they can't rely on their hands to catch it because it can move at the last minute um, or the last second. So they tend to push it away from trouble, which is, which is good for football in general because then players follow up and score and you get more goals. And, um, whereas in our day, the ball flew very true, so you can get hands behind it and catch it. The difference in our day was the ball was a lot heavier. Uh, so that also made it difficult. You broke your finger a lot more easily and, and, um, and you had to much stronger arms to actually hold on to the ball. But certainly I think today is more difficult. I think the ball flying everywhere. Um, the other thing you mentioned was players coming out of feet. What has changed in our day, you had to come out face first, uh, which was very dangerous. I mean, I, a couple of broken noses to prove the point. Um, whereas today they come out feet first, which, which the old school, us who played in the sort of 80s, 90s, would look back and go, ah, that's a scared goalkeeper. Real goalkeepers dive in face first because if you dive in face first, your hands are there. You can grab the ball. If you go out feet first, you never grab it. You kick the ball away, and that can go straight to a striker who scores. So, uh, but more and more goalkeepers these days are not prepared to risk physical injury. They come out feet first, and you know we pick on them and say it's not the right way to do it. But uh, goalkeepers could argue, well, why risk getting a broken finger and being out for five weeks? I'd rather just not take the risk and. Um, and remain fit, and maybe by playing more often, I help my team to be more successful. So that could be their argument. 
Gary, we talk all about the goalkeepers union and then you talk about those friendships and that camaraderie. Who were some of the guys during your playing career uh, that you remember having those those special bonds with goalkeepers from other teams that you were going head to head with, but that you remember kind of developing uh, those, those special bonds with? Well, the one I was closest to was Chris Woods, who, funny enough, is the, uh, is the U.S. men's national team goalkeeper coach these days. And we were teammates with England for years and years, from under 21, at, you know, U21 level, all the way up to actually the full England. In fact, we were at the World Cup in 86. We roomed together uh, in Mexico. Uh, but again, they always put the keepers together because you're a different breed. You train differently. You've got different issues. And, um, and, and so you, you do bond in that sense. What happens is you don't bond with the outfield players that much. Uh, it's very difficult to to see it the same way as them. And also, I, I came out of university and went to soccer. And most soccer players, uh, they leave school at 13, 14. Um, so they never get an education. So I was an educated goalkeeper, which it's bad enough being a goalkeeper and trying to fit in. But to be an educated one and coming from, from Africa, <laughs> the guys couldn't make head nor tail of me. They didn't know how to deal with me. So... I was a real, uh, a real sort of uh, loner, as, as was a contemporary of my time, Bruce Grobola, who played for Liverpool. He was also from, from Africa, and uh, uh, he also battled to fit in. But I think these days, there's a much greater appreciation for goalkeepers. When I, you know, we, we get La Liga at, at BN every week, which I love watching. And when you watch Kayla Navas and, at Real Madrid and Tostega and Claudio Bravo, I think they get a lot of appreciation from their teammates these days. And, you know, you have sports psychologists, and my guess is that those sports psychologists are saying to the outfield players, you know, the toughest positions a keeper, don't pick on them. You know, when things go wrong, give them a bit of support because at the end of the day, the more you look after your goalkeeper, the better he's going to play and the better it is for the team. Gary, you touched on something really interesting here, and we, we've only got two minutes before we got to head to break, but when you bring up Chris Woods... <laughs> That's a guy who, it's just an example where you guys are competing for a spot and there, there's other goalies that, that are a part of, and you're talking about for, for a national team, but whether it's for a club or for a national team and the keepers are, are sticking together, but at the same time, you're competing head to head with that guy. You want to be the number one. What's that like in terms of there being a, a friendship and an understanding, but also a mentality of, hey, if it's me or you, I want it to be me. Yeah, good question, Nate. Uh, it's a difficult one, but, but there's an unwritten code with goalkeepers. We help each other. It's, a, it's just an unwritten code. If, if the other guy's better and gets the first team you know, slot, well, good luck to him. Uh, and if he gets injured, I'll go in and I'll make it as difficult as possible for him to get his place back. That's also <laughs> the unwritten code. But you know what? When, it, when you train together, uh, especially at United, over 10 years, I, had, I must have had five, four or five um, second-string goalkeepers are always waiting to take over from me. Uh, unfortunately, I managed to hold on to my place, but they were always looking for that gap. But when we train together, if they, if they would say to me, please, just throw a few more balls, I need to work on a weakness, I would work on their weakness with them, and I'd expect the same treatment back. So I would never do anything to undermine that goalkeeper. I'd never, I'd never try and trip him up or you know, hurt him or, or throw the ball in a way that, that didn't help him. I'd always try and make him the best he could be and would expect exactly the same treatment back. So there's a real honor code amongst goalkeepers. Um, and you also understand that if you lose your place through injury and the other guy goes in and plays really well, you might never get your place back. Um, you know, it's a really tough one. You can be a great, you can have two great goalkeepers in the same team and one of them will sit on the bench all season, not even play. You get two great outfield players, they'll both play. The manager will find a gap for them and you'll rest one, you'll come off the bench. Goalkeepers, you can sit on the bench the whole season. Kayla Navas did that last season. When Ike Casillas was playing, Ter Stegen did that. When Claudio Bravo was playing, 
Uh, right now, Sergio Romero at Man United is on the bench while the Gay is playing. Um, Petr, Petr Cech, uh, behind, your boy, behind your boy Courtois at Chelsea as well over exactly. the last year. There, there's exactly. a number of, of great examples of it. We'll continue this conversation on the other side of this break. Gary Bailey of BN Sports, and we will talk all about Manchester United memories on the other side of this break. It's World Soccer Talk Radio. It's a goalkeeper special. Stay tuned. And now, a touching moment while staying in touch with GEICO. I remember it like it was yesterday. As I downloaded the GEICO app, a bluebird landed on my finger. I said, hey, Mr. Bluebird, did you know you can add a car to your GEICO policy with just a tap of your finger? Just scan the VIN number. It's so easy. After that, we watched the sunset together and ate birdseed. The birdseed tasted super weird, but the sunset was nice. VIN scanning to add a car. Just a few taps away on the GEICO app. We paid less for our Craftmatic today than we did 20 years ago. If you're still searching for the perfect solution to a good night's sleep, call now for prices and free information on today's Craftmatic adjustable beds. And then decide when you see how little they cost. Discover Craftmatic for less, up to 50% less than today's leading memory foam brand. Call 1-800-414-1051. That's 1-800-414-1051. 1-800-414-1051. Call now. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $24.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 877-499-MY-TV that's 877-499-MY-TV cancel the cable cut costs and get more call now 877-499-MY-TV that's 877-499-MY-TV Pedro Fernandez here. You might know me as the host of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, but this time I'm here to talk about that four-letter word everybody dreads, pain. If you have back pain or knee pain like I do, hey, you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. I'm talking about if Medicare is your primary medical insurance, and guess what? You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. Anything to help me with the pain, hey, makes it more manageable, gets my attention, folks. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for your back, ankle, knee, or shoulder, guess what? Give the Health Alert Hotline a call toll-free, 1-800-428-1570. 1-800-428-1570. You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. 1-800-428-1570. The Health Alert Hotline, 1-800-428-1570. Nate Abarea and Gary Bailey of BN Sports back here with you on World Soccer Talk Radio. It's a very special edition of the show, talking all about the art of goalkeeping, the evolution of the goalkeeper position, and talking all about 
that term you hear so much, the goalkeepers union. I want to talk with you now, Gary, about your background as an international. Uh, you, you were born in Ipswich, but then you, you moved to South Africa, where, where you grew up uh, for, for the majority of, of your young life and, and didn't move back to England uh, until you were 19. And so you grew up in South Africa. And as many people will know, some listeners might not know this, you were capped uh, twice by, by the England national team and played actually, uh, I think, uh, 14 or 15 times with the, uh, the under, under, uh, under 23s or, or under 21s, I believe it was. Uh, for England, and what was that like? What did that mean to you as someone who who grew up in South Africa? You're born in England, and then to go back and end up representing England as your national team. Um, yeah, look, I mean, it depends on on um, on which country you come from and, and how long you spend there and, and what your connection is like. But my dad was English. He played in Ipswich in England. Uh, when he was finished, he was offered a chance to play part-time in South Africa, so he, he emigrated there, and so we grew up in South Africa, which was sort of weather's a bit like, um, uh, you know, parts of it are like Texas, parts of it are like Florida. It's warm, it's hot, it's Africa, and I grew up loving the sunshine and the beach. Um, and at 19, I got to represent South Africa, although I never played. If I'd have played, I would never have been allowed to play for England, but I was chosen in the team and sat on the bench, and afterwards, they said to me, look, uh, if you do play for South Africa, you can never play for England, and you're good enough to play for England. South Africa, you know, we're way down in the rankings. And so when I joined Manchester United, I then took up the option of playing for England, which had been my, my dream, because it's, uh, it's just, you know, in, I think playing for England alongside playing for Brazil and Argentina and Germany, it's just it's something you, you dream of achieving. Um, uh, you know, whether if I'd have grown up in, in America, would I have played for England? That's that, that sort of debate, which a lot of, of players are now having to, to pick, or Germany, U.S. Different story, because if, if you're a U.S. international, it's a fantastic um, opportunity to play World Cups. You're in the World Cup every single time. Maybe you're not good enough to play for Germany and England, but you are good enough to play for the States. So I think this dual, you know, dual nationality means different things these days, especially for, for players of... Um, American origin, uh, and certainly playing for the U.S. men's national team, uh, I think, is a wonderful opportunity. There's uh, there's a real scope to to be a, a great name in international football, as opposed to sitting on the bench for Germany. And, and like with me, I got two caps because I was behind two great goalkeepers, Peter Shilton and Ray Clements. Um, if I'd have chosen to play for Scotland, which I probably could have, I'm sure somewhere in my ancestry I could have found a Scottish relative. <laughs> I, I might have got a hundred caps. So as a as a as a player, professional player, you weigh up which country you play for. Sometimes you know if you've got a choice of two countries, as to what's good for your professional career, and as you know, as much as where your heart is, it's a it can be a very difficult decision at times. Well, talk about that. Expand on that balance a little bit more because that that directly is in touch with something that we talk about on this show all the time in regards to the U.S. men's national team and, and how much these players want to represent uh, uh, their country uh, or at whether whether or not they're, they're born here, whether or not they're, they, they grew up here. And, this, and even beyond just the U.S. men's national team, you make a really, really interesting point there in terms of weighing as an individual, assessing the individual case and weighing 
what it's going to do for you as a professional footballer in, in the finite amount of time that you have with your knees and your legs and the rest of your body in tip-top shape, what it's going to do for you as a professional footballer and weighing in loyalty to a flag or, or pride for a national team. Talk about that a little bit and the, and the complexity that that brings uh, for, for some players. Yeah, no, do you know what? If, if, you, if you feel strongly for both countries, let's say, for example, you're born in England, you're raised in the U.S., but your parents are English and you go back to England regularly to see aunts and uncles and you follow Man United or Chelsea or whatever. When it comes to choosing who to play for, your heart's in both countries. You, you know, you grew up in America, so you're an American kid, uh, but you've got English parentage and you've been there often and you love England and, and it's the ultimate in terms of playing for a national team. And so you can then say, okay, well, which is better for me professionally? Maybe I'm not quite good enough to play regularly for England, but I can be a superhero in America. I'll play for America. What, what gets my back up is when you get a player who has no connection whatsoever. You know, he just, let's, let's just say, for example, um, you happen to be born in a country and then you leave when you're a year old. Uh, let's say you're an American and you happen to be in England working. Your child is born in England, but you're back to America. And the child, the only connection the child has with England is they were born there. It's American parents that grew up as American. And then they decide they want to play for England because they were born there. And you go, but, but you've got no connection. And I think we see that a bit with Diego Costa and we see it with one or two other players where you look at them going, but you, you're, not, uh, you're not of that country. You don't, you don't have any connection with that country. But just because you think you can make more money or be a more famous person, you play for them. I have an issue with that. You've got to love the flag. You, you've got to have a passion for that country. If you have a passion for two countries, fine, pick one of them. That I get. I have no problem with that. But when you've got no connection to a country and someone says, well, you're not good enough to play for your country, but you come play for us, we'll sort a passport out, and then you go and put your hand on that, on, on that, uh, that, that crest of that country, uh, that flag of that country, I go, no, nah, that's not acceptable. It's allowed, but me, I have a problem with it. So you know, the likes of Diego Costa and one or two others, I, I just don't buy into that. Well, picking that country or picking, weighing the options, I mean, psychologically, it's got to be an extremely draining process for, for any of these individuals, from, from Diego Costa all the way down to, to young Julian Green here for the USA and so many other examples that we could go with. It's got to be incredibly psychologically draining and really tests, uh, tests the heart, tests you know, so much of who you are uh, as a human being and tests your loyalty and tests your devotion. And I think there's a lot of players now who, who have people in their ears and people trying to help them or maybe you know in in the wrong ways uh, in in some cases depending on the individual but but talk about that a little bit we were discussing that off the air a few minutes ago and I'm really curious or really uh, uh, interested in, in sharing this with the listeners in terms of the psychological help that players will get uh, these days compared to what players got back in your day which was little to nothing in terms of psychological help for for a decision of this magnitude <laughs> no, you're right about no help in the past. I mean, today they have advice, and, and footballers are in a, it's a business. So, uh, as I say, as long as you've got a passion for both countries, the one you choose can often be a business decision. The more chance of playing, you know, for the U.S., I've got more chance of playing in a World Cup for the U.S. than I have for Germany or, or uh, Brazil or what have you. Therefore, I'm going to play for the U.S. That I get. Um, but they do have advice, and that's what's good is you've got to, you've got to, you can't then regret the decision afterwards. But if you go back to the, even the 80s or late 70s when I joined Man United, there was no help. I mean, I signed, a, I signed a contract that put you in what's called digs. 
So they find you a, an old lady in Manchester who wants to earn a few extra bucks, and they put you up in a room, and she makes you greasy, greasy chips and, and fish, which is a sort of fish and chips, isn't it? <laughs> and potatoes is the English staple diet. And they just make sure that you're not out partying. That's their job. So that's what the club do. They put you in digs so that you can't go out and party too much. And you've got no psychological help. And when I got in the first team, uh, there was one thing the manager said to me. Only but he said, I'm going to give you some advice. You're in the first team. I thought, oh, here comes some pearls of wisdom. He said to me, the one thing you've got to do, he said, you've got to settle down and get looked after. So get married. And I was only 20. And I went, what, what do you mean get married? <laughs> he said, you get yourself married because then uh, you get looked after. You get your food made for you. You've got comfort. You've got a partner. And you'll play better football. I said, but I'm 20. I don't want to get married. I want to pick the person I want to marry when I want to get married. I said, I don't want to do that. I ended up being the only single guy in that team. They were all married. They were all married young, and, it, and that was the advice given. Nothing about football, nothing about finances, nothing about psychology. <laughs> Get yourself married, and that's going to help you play football. Today, they've got sports psychologists. They sit with you for hours. They, they make sure that you're in the right state of mind because a happier player is a better player. Um, and if, if you need something, you need a doctor. You need. I mean, I had to queue up in Manchester to go and see our doctor. Our doctor, our Manchester doctor, Man United doctor, also worked in a poor area in Manchester. I had to drive to his rooms and queue up with everybody else to go and see him. I was a first-team player, whereas today they have a doctor 24-7 available at the training ground. We had one soccer pitch. They've got 16 at Man United's Carrington training ground. Uh, they've got physios. We had one physio. So he used to, come, used to work on you in terms of how desperate you were. She'd walk in and say, oh, physio, I've got a really, really sore thigh. He'd say, well, I've got five people with worse injuries than you. So if you'll wait till 7 o'clock tonight, I'll give you a massage. He'd say, hey, you know what? Forget about it and go home. So, you know, today the footballers have, oh, they get looked after so well. We used to travel economy class, go to, from Manchester to Australia on a pre-season tour. 36 hours economy class. Now, look, you know, most people travel economy class, no problem. But when you're an athlete playing at the highest level and, you know, you've got aches and pains and injuries, you need a bit more room. No ways. You'd sit, you know, cooped up in this chair, get off at the other side, go and stretch your legs, and the following day go and play a game in front of 100,000 at Sydney Cricket Ground. And those are the things that we did, and no, no one questioned. Today, players travel first class, they get looked after, they get picked up and dropped off. And, and if you said to a player now, you, sorry, you have to travel economy class, they just wouldn't. I'm sure they refuse to travel. They'd say, no, I'm going home. I'm not going to travel economy class. So, yeah, th- things have changed a lot from, from the 80s to today. And, and for good, to be honest, Nate, I'm happy for the players. Good luck to them. Gary, we've got four minutes left here with you, and I want to ask you, besides being the only single guy uh, on the team and, and besides the, the great economy class flights uh, to Sydney, Australia, when you think back uh, to your Manchester United days, what are some of the greatest uh, memories that, that go through your mind? Nate, there's hundreds of them, and they were, they were great memories. I mean, I played in four cup finals, 100,000 people at the stadium, people lining the streets all the way up Wembley Way into Wembley Stadium. Uh, going back to Manchester, even when we lost the FA Cup in 1979, 300,000 people lined the streets to welcome us back. Uh, the old Trafford crowd were great. And in those days, you could mingle with them. You know, I would go downtown and go to a pub, and the fans would be there. And, you know, today you can't come anywhere near the fans because it would cause a riot because players are like gods today. In those days, they, 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 they followed you, but they also saw you as normal people. So we had a lot more interaction with them, traveled the world, went into places like Russia, which were nobody could get into Russia in the 80s. But we went in to play football. Um, I got to see the world, and it, it was just an incredible experience. And here I am 30-odd years later, and people still talk about Man United, still even 
you know, post pictures of me from those days and, and talk about some of the games we played in. And because of it, I can, I can work here at BN and watch La Liga every weekend, watch great teams, Serie A, Ligue 1, Capital One Cup, still be involved with football every day of my life with soccer and love it and be able to hopefully contribute something in explaining to people how soccer works and what goes on behind the scenes. All of that's been made possible because of my years at Man United. So uh, I'm eternally grateful for being part of that incredible brand and, and experiencing things that as a kid you grow up. I mean, if you'd have said to me what my dreams were, you could have doubled and tripled my dreams, and I still did more than that. And that's not to boast at all. It's just to say how lucky I was to actually live the dream. Very few kids ever grow up living their sporting dream. I did that and more. So I never have a moment's regrets. And um, as I say, eternally grateful that it's given me a career in television. And, and I get to do what most people dream of doing. I suppose you do as well, mate, working on radio. But to work on sport for a living, <laughs> it's got to be the best job around. Gary, in, in the 90 seconds that we've got left here with you, I, I hate to do this, but I, I have to because we actually talked about it with a couple of different authors of Manchester United books on the show over the last couple of months. And it was a famous match uh, between West Brom and Manchester United uh, that, oh, yeah. that saw Cyril Regis and Laurie Cunningham uh, launch themselves yeah. uh, as stars. It was the West Brom 5-3 match. I'm just going to mention that one. And then I also want to mention some highlights that I was watching last night of you going toe to toe with Kenny Dalglish, or should we say knee to forehead, backside to, to, to face, uh, however you want to put it, with King Kenny Dalglish. When you hear names like, like Cyril Regis, Laurie Cunningham, and Kenny Dalglish, guys that you remember really going toe to toe with, well, what's the first thing that come to mind? Is there any animosity left? No, not at all. I was toe-to-toe with Maradona uh, and lots of great players. And uh, no, you just, as you get older, you look back and you, you treasure those moments. That 5-3 West Brom was one of the best games I played. I made a couple of the best saves I've ever made, and we got absolutely hammered. <laughs> but people <laughs> left that stadium saying they'd never seen level of football. The goals that were scored that day were all in the top corner. There were saves. One of the brilliant matches and playing at Anfield and having people throw bottles at you and coins and try and intimidate you, but being in a very hostile environment. They're all experiences that, that you know, people don't understand sometimes when they watch soccer, just how, how hostile the, the, the crowd can be towards you. Um, and it's an experience. You've got to be there to appreciate it and to lap it up and to deal with it. And those memories of playing at those grounds, including the Camp Nou and Juventus in the old days, oh, what, what great memories, Nate. Very, very special. And, uh, and I just, as I say, I love watching the players today experiencing the same thing. Gary Bailey, this has been an immense pleasure and privilege. You are welcome back on the show anytime. And uh, best of luck here in the uh, near and distant futures with all your work over there at BN Sports. Really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks, Nate. Anytime. It's only a pleasure. Great to talk to you. And everybody, make sure you watch BN and watch us as we talk about La Liga and Serie A. It's a, it's a great channel to work for. Absolutely, and a great relationship that we share with the good folks at BN Sports here with World Soccer Talk Radio. We are back to take the express train home after this right here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, we can help. Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans 
we can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, and even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. 800-949-8707. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. Today, more than ever, Americans need a means to protect their life savings. With a troubled economy and government spending out of control, they've been forced to promote loose money policies, which decreases the value of the dollar and promotes inflation. Birch Gold Group can help you protect your savings by rolling over all or a portion of your IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold. Take advantage of the best gold prices in years and enjoy the long-term hedge against inflation that gold provides by moving into a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Call Birch Gold Group today for a free consultation on how a tax-free rollover to a gold IRA can offer stability, protection, and the peace of mind that your life savings, which you've worked so hard to build, is safe. Call 888-221-0010 and receive Birch Gold's free information kit, which offers the best-kept secrets for safeguarding your savings with gold. Call 888-221-0010. That's 888-221-0010. Another huge thanks to Gary Bailey. Be sure to check him out on BN Sports, all you Manchester United fans. And hey, any of you West Bromwich Albion fans out there, I'm sure you enjoyed that last conversation. But what a great privilege that was. And talking about the art of goalkeeping was a very, very interesting show and one I was looking forward to quite a bit. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Gary Bailey, an absolute legend great guy as well check him out on twitter also at gary underscore bailey one again at gary underscore bailey one and the tip of my cap again to the folks at bn sports who who have established such a great working relationship with us here at world soccer talk radio everyone that we've had on the show from bn has just been top notch and gary continued that trend today Cheers to Gary. Cheers to BN Sports. Cheers to the gaffer, Chris Harris. The producers, Scott and Dom, back in San Francisco, the great city by the bay. For all of those folks, my name is Nate Abarea, signing off, World Soccer Talk Radio. Bye for now.